From MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. back we got a half of uh, a tournament to talk, talk about and i'm excited about it can you believe that i'm excited about the tennis we're talking about Corey. sorry here we are <laughs> welcome to the tennis revolution everybody sorry i'm so fired up to get in here talk about this and get back home so i don't have to watch 19 hours of recorded tv i can try to watch as much live unlike you who <laughs> you've got a lot of americans to go home and root for <laughs> yeah apparently <laughs> Um, one, yeah. it was apparent, apparently controversial, but that's it. We'll talk about that yeah. later. Um, so Corey, what's up, buddy? In the house? I am. It's a good uh, sports time right now. So it's been a week. Yes. Still married? Watch. <laughs> I am. Uh, I, I must get. She's full, tolerated all this tennis. I must give full credit to our producer who has the door open. I don't know if he wants it open <laughs> or not. But uh, I thought that was pretty Is that funny. A euphemism? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so you record, like. Every sport. I record, well, yes, 13 hours of Australian up in a day. And don't watch anything. And then just watch it all overnight, every night. Yes. And then I text you at like 10 a.m. and you're still not awake. And nobody can talk to me about tennis because I've never watched it. Or football. Yeah. It's and ridiculous. I'll, and I'll be like, talk to me about what happened yesterday. And then they always have to think about like what matches they can talk about and can. And they then they end up screwing up and I don't talk to them anymore. Well, that's all I had to do? You just had to tell me because uh, <laughs> we could just do this like with a wall in between us and just have... Yeah, you I haven't know. seen a commercial in 10 years. It's great. <laughs> well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, listen, I am... Uh, people that aren't there notwithstanding, stuff you wanted to see, players that you hoped were going to be there. Right. You know what? I'm I'm pleasantly surprised by the overall level of tennis in the Australian Open, the first half of it. And yeah, yeah, there have been a lot of really good matches in the high level... Uh, there was competitive matches too. Well, yeah, I mean that's kind of what that would mean. <laughs> I mean, well, high level. I don't want just one player playing their true. best and then beating the crowd. I mean, that's happened a well, little. We watch that. Yeah, wouldn't Federer at all play everybody else? But besides those two, um, both sides, men and women. I think the two highlights of the each draw. I think on the women's side was uh, Holop and uh, the tiny, tiny American um, Davis. Yeah, and why do I feel like she's one of those players that about once a year she has a really good tournament and it's like, oh man, she's going to be great. And then you don't see her in the next three Grand Slams and then she right. does it again. Right, and everybody loses their mind. Oh, she's finally, you know. Right, and you, I watch her and she, I don't know why she doesn't do better because she looked amazing. Because I actually well, thought Halep was playing pretty well in that match. Well, keep in mind that Halep's not pushing anybody off the court. Yeah, and every time Davis got ahead, she couldn't hit a ball on the court, so... That would be a problem in right, but that, matches. That's something that can you know come with time, as we've seen here recently with the men's match. Yeah, have you recorded? Let's see. I don't want to tell you. <laughs> I don't know what Tuesday. round. What round are we? Are you? <laughs> I'm no. through the semis of last year. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so I don't need to tell you about Federer and Nadal's great run last <laughs> right, year. No. Okay. All right, I bet you twenty bucks Federer <laughs> wins two Grand Slams this year. Last yes. year, what do you think? No way. No, never going to happen. Um. No, so Kyrgios, who, of course, everyone always just, you know, gushes over how talented he is. Right. And Dimitrov, who has been baby-fed for I don't know how long. 
Um, so clearly he's talented. They actually put together a match that was a high level from both sides for the most part. Yeah, and Dimitrov was horrible in the previous two matches. So I actually thought Kyrgios was going to win that match fairly easily because he just beat him a couple weeks ago. Right. And um, and he just couldn't put it together in the important points. Well, he you could see... And this, get, you know, people always ask the question, you know, what's the difference between Federer, Nadal, you know, Djokovic, Murray, you right. know, kind of the big four, the next five or six or whatever, and then the 30s and the 40s. And I think you can watch, and we've talked about this, that if I didn't tell you who it was or you couldn't see who it was or never saw, you know, never right. watched tennis, I mean, that wouldn't make sense. You never watched tennis. You wouldn't know. But you know, you watch. He didn't know who the players right. were somehow. You watch. You know the the number one player in college and the number four hundred player in the world, and then you start watching top hundred, top forty. You know, you're not going to see a lot of difference with the naked eye, right? But you, if you watch that match closely, yesterday was it yesterday? What, well, if, yeah, and so we're Sunday. It was today for us, right? So if you're on Tuesday, <laughs> several week, you know days ago, but. You watch the difference, and and uh, Dimitrov stayed steady, right? Emotionally, almost entirely. Well, and that's got to be why, don't you think? That's the main reason Kyrgios hasn't done better in slams because you have well, to sustain it. But it's been way more extreme. Yeah, because oh, he, this was a much better tournament for him. He, you know, his highs and lows were a lot closer to baseline, you know, to the middle than normally. Right. Now, shot selection is sometimes um, an outgrowth of your emotional state. And if at the moment's a little too big for you, a guy playing at that level is not going to, you know, shy away and, you know, you know, kind of arm a serve and, and kind of shank it long. No, he's going to over hit or try to do something spectacular, uh, you know, to check out of a point way earlier instead of building and getting a better shot. And so he did that some. And you could see head down a little right uh head down a little but compare compared to previous times when you see him just kind of go away and just kind of start freaking out even though again he may not be he yelled at his box a little bit you know <laughs> eyeballed his box but that's such that's such an uh, epidemic these well, days no, they I, over they talk about that like it doesn't happen in every match but um well, and he definitely had opportunities to go away too after losing a tie break and then losing another tie break that's prime time for a 6-2 6-1 set and he came back and won the set. And I'll tell you something else that's revealing. When he broke and held and was up 4-2 in the third, he didn't, there was no cartwheels. There right. was no, I don't know if he can do a cartwheel. He's very <laughs> athletic. I'm sure he can. But they're scary. Cart, cartwheels are scary. <laughs> um, but he, he wasn't really going overboard. And so he was kind of keeping it right in that pocket. They mentioned that in one of the previous matches that I don't know if, if it was intentional, but he was trying to be, Avoiding the highs and lows, just like you said, be more even keel and not not have those big reactions one way or the other. The only problem I have with that is you're in Australia with a home crowd. I think, you know, in the moments that are in your favor, you need to be a little more maybe I mean, at that time. Maybe you do. Maybe Federer does. Maybe right. Nadal does. But that's his issue, you know, kind of. Well, maybe he crashes after he gets the big, you know, celebration, then he goes down. So that's why they don't want him going up and down like that. Right. So, you know, I, I thought obviously their talent is always there. The problem is they don't always use their talent to the, to its optimum ability, and that's because their head gets in the way. And this time, 
for the most part, that seemingly didn't happen to either guy. And right. you can see, I mean, you can see what it looks like when they put a few extra balls in the court and really get the ball they want. You know, I mean, Dimitrov was crushing backhands down the line. And yeah. Lovely one-hander, so lovely. <laughs> so lovely. Well, and the one thing that hurt Curios too, was being the 17 seed. He had that missed that one slot, you know, where he had to play the bigger seeds earlier. So I think that, you know, came back to haunt him a little bit. Whereas is, now his ranking should go up a little bit more. Right. And then he'll have a better draw well, in each major. It's funny. They're talking about getting rid of 17 through 32. Oh, again? So Going back to just 16 again? A while back, they had they just seeded 16. But the general rule in making tournament, you know, draws or whatever is every four. Right. They have one seed every four. And the idea is, you know, they're talking about, you know, for TV and all that. And that may be a byproduct of it. But in general, in tennis, running tournaments, whether it's a junior tournament or a college tournament or, or whatever, you do one per four, right. and that just ensures that the big players don't play each other too early. Um, well, this tournament would not definitely not be an example of why to do that because they had so many unseeded players win anyway. Well, yeah. If, I mean, but it, it, the two seventeen seeds are Kyrgios and Keys. Yeah. You know, so if they were unseeded and had to play – a higher seed earlier, you know, second round or right. something, it would have been a bummer. Well, and what people don't know maybe about tennis either is that it doesn't matter really if you're 17 or 32. They're exactly the same because it's a random placement between 17 and 32. Not like basketball or, you know, where they, right. where they play one versus 16, two versus 15. Well, it's funny you also say that, mention that because there's a tidal wave of coming. <laughs> and I've known about this, you know. Uh, you were keeping it from us? Well, no, you've known about it too, oh, okay. but you just don't know what I'm talking about because we do no prep <laughs> right, for the show yes. whatsoever. I haven't talked to you literally since the last <laughs> time I we were the rehearsal. Yeah, the last time my voice was in your headphones <laughs> is the last time you heard my voice. You jackass keeps it fresh. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. No, but uh, there's a, a, a tidal wave coming, and it eventually may fix this seating issue altogether, and that's UTR. Right there, you Universal go. Universal Tennis Rating just got bought recently by a group in california and um and they are plastering i mean i saw i'm seeing commercials i'm seeing stuff on twitter and well i knew someone that just played in a utr tournament too yeah so um but if they did utr and then they just went one through you know 128 right and just the one played the 128 the two played you know what i mean just kind of like you were talking about basketball one through 16 and maybe they just do that. You know, maybe they do uh, whatever. It doesn't mean a randomly right. place, you know, whatever. But the point being is, is then seeds are gone yeah. altogether. And you're just inching your way up to not have to play the one seed or. Well, and, and the, I don't know if this is a true argument against that, but the, the argument I've heard before against that is, especially when we had this big four, let's say that Federer was one and Murray was four, which is what it was for a long time. It would always be, you know, Federer and Murray in the semis. And it would always be Nadal and Djokovic in the semis. So you'd just be repeating the same matchups in every major. Right. Good so point. That, that's, the, that's what I've heard the argument against it is. Yeah. But how often do we have a big four that stayed the same for right. 10 years? Well, if they put, if they did, you know, uh, 16 seeds. Right. And then just backfilled one through 15 in each section. Yeah. So in other words, looking like the NCAA draw more. Yeah. Um, potentially. Who knows? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, if they go away from it then Madison Keys could have played legitimately she could have played the one seed in the first round. Right. So ultimately I wouldn't want to see you know um I, cuz I think 
Well, we saw Sharapova play Halep at the Open. Right. First round. Well, so. no, she was, that was a whole different. Well, she was unseated, yeah. Yeah, because she, she was doing crack or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, she gone. Uh, Sharapova's uh, ousted. Well, yeah, that's another topic to get into is, is I saw players return to tennis and look like they're supposed to look when they return to tennis. Right. Which is, you know, Warinka was horrible. <laughs> Sharapova looked pretty bad. Uh, you know, a lot of players just came back and sort of, they were, you could tell they were happy to be on the court and that was about it. Yeah. Well, Djokovic, I don't. Djokovic, we hadn't seen yet, but. But well, he's the only one that looks like he remembers how to play. Right. Um, Kerber, man, she put it. That's an example right there. But see, that that right there is an example of a match that we anticipated and we were hoping. Because yeah. Sh- Sharapova looked, you know, was putting, putting on people pretty good. She did. Good. She I was, haven't seen her lose like that outside of Serena in a long time. <laughs> Dagger. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but, that, that was him, not me. <laughs> um, but yeah, that could have been a semi or final even. I mean, the way they were playing. But yeah, I mean Kerber just put it on her, and it was not even funny. Did you get to see that match? Uh, well, I saw it after the fact. I'm just curious what is so different about Kerber's game this year than last year when she couldn't beat anybody. They were saying she hadn't lost a match yet this year, and she just looked really aggressive and was hitting the ball, you know, really deep in corner to corner. Her quads are huge. I'll tell you that. <laughs> maybe maybe she's on that melodrome maybe too. A, I don't know. A little less pressure this year because her ankle's a lot lower. I don't know. Less pressure, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, being number one is never easy. Um, although Holop has seemed to embrace it. What did I tell you last week? We were talking about Holop that number one was such a big deal for her that now that she is it, I think the pressure's off as opposed to like, we're talking about Kerber or some of these others that kind of hit the one spot and then fall apart. And then somebody else hits the one spot and then falls apart. You know, I mean, when, even though she's struggled, I haven't seen a match of hers, and I think I've seen all her matches this tournament, where I thought she was nervous or choked. Davis just was the aggressor in that match, so the match was kind of in her hands throughout. But, you know, I don't think she was losing those points or gains because she was nervous. I just thought, right. you know. Well, you know, one thing, you know, you were talking about how Davis sort of, you know, is probably going to just disappear now. Um, if Until the Open or well, next the, year. <laughs> if the past is any indication. Um but she plays somewhat similar to Holop, so that's just, if she if if Davis, you know, peaks and plays well, and and she's there physically and and there emotionally, it's just gonna and so is Holop. Then it's gonna lend itself to a close match, right? So it wasn't a close match only because they were playing amazing. I mean, it was a close match because they're similar, right? Um, neither of them are you know six one and just hitting through the court, um, knocking them off. They're both getting to balls. And I'm not saying they're hitting bad balls. Right. But you go next door to the court right next door and you got somebody just smacking the ball. Right. It looks night and day. When What's funny is that they talked about so often how fast this court is, but almost all the big hitting women, except for Keys, are not already out. So, yeah. you know, that was not a match that was played like a fast court surface. They were, they were playing a lot of grinding long rallies. I think the story is the weather, man. Good God almighty. <laughs> I mean, it's it's you know obviously it's Australia in this their summertime, but when it, I missed my prediction, but the weather came a few days later. That's why I was a little early on my prediction. What was that? That there were going to be a lot of retirements. Oh right. But by the time that was the weather got really bad, it was already in the third round. And, they were well into it. Well, but yeah, you know, I got you have to tell me your thoughts on this. John McEnroe was repeatedly who <laughs> talking about how it was so terrible that these players had to play in this weather and. He can't believe, couldn't believe they were doing it to them, and 
And I was just like, it's summer and it's a tennis tournament. Like what? Well, so, all right. First of all, I think at one point when it was a hundred and something, like 104. Right. The humidity was 17. Yeah. Right. Which I saw is, that. which 104 sucks. Right. And to be fair, we live in Texas, so we deal with this shit all every year. Yeah. Um, and our humidity is higher than 17. We're usually in the 40s. Right. Maybe 30s. In the summer, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hear you. Now, granted, you're in a giant bowl and the sun is beating down on the court and then that heat might be staying in there. Yeah. So I don't, maybe there's some other stuff that's, you know, you know, affecting it in that regard. And they're obviously playing slightly higher level than nah. that. <laughs> no, yeah. But they're also training right. daily. Um, I'm with you. If you can't play, then quit. That you, was basically what I was taught. You have that off option. Yeah. Now, what if it was 120 air temperature? That's what I mean. There had there has to be a limit. You know, the first day it was 101, and I was thinking, you know, 101. The next day, I think it got to like you said, 104, 105. And I was thinking, you know, then I could understand. We're getting close. But again, you're sitting in a shaded chair with an ice towel. You know, you're going to the shade between every single point. Right. I mean, I've played matches where there was no shade anywhere on the court, and you're out right. there two and a half hours until you're done. Well, the biggest, you know, the kind of the biggest illustration of the whole situation was uh, in a match that could have been an amazing match. But Monfils was uh, <laughs> hunched over nonstop. Wasn't that so shocking to see him? Nonstop. Wilt? Yeah. And... And he was complaining about whatever. He wanted the roof closed. Yeah. He was asking to have the roof closed. And, you know, I, again, I have no problem with these spoiled brats asking for it. You know, yeah, but I mean, why not? I have no problem with them saying no. Um, well, and one thing they did say, too, is if you close the roof on that court, you've got to stop all the other matches outdoors because that's not fair to have one or right. two guys to be able to play indoors. Well, well, hell, it's, it's also outdoor. not fair to have Fetter playing it is either, in ever. lovely conditions every evening, <laughs> you know, and he's just, oh, this is nice. Yeah. No, I don't need no, I don't need a <laughs> towel. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. No, I agree with you on that. Totally. I, I mean, mean, I think the roof, you know, is that's totally for TV, obviously, but I've always thought that was unfair. Well, it, it, the only time it should be used is for when the court is not playable, i.e. rain or lightning or... Right where they would have to stop for TV. That's not a problem. But, yeah, I agree with you. If it's 104 inside and it's 104 outside and they're not stopping matches, then you're, they don't need to – yeah, that's an unfair advantage for everybody involved, and, and I'm 100% with you. Well, um, and there are some players there that I guarantee you wanted it to be that hot because they knew that favored them. And, I mean, if you go in that tournament, you know what the weather's going to be. It wasn't like it was you know unseasonably hot. It's like that every year. Right. So right. I, I just thought that was, I was listening to that and I kept getting tired. Of it. And finally they, they said something like, you know, you've mentioned that a few times. He, all right, I won't mention it anymore. <laughs> it's like, you know, and, and he played in all those conditions too. That's the other thing. It's not like he ever, you know, quit because it was too hot. Well, they certainly didn't have a roof back then. Right. Um, hey, like, global warming. Maybe it's worse nowadays. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> not, not definitely not that noticeable if it is. Right. So, but anyway, yeah. So that was a disappointing um, finish, which could have been great. I mean, Djokovic coming back. I mean, you said, you know, he's looked better or whatever, but I mean, Monfils is a great player to beat him. But I don't think we've seen I don't think we know anything yet about Djokovic's game. He's played, you know, Donald Young, no offense, America. And Donald Young played horrible right. in that match. And Monfils who was leaning on his racket uh, and then a clay quarter. Um so yeah, I mean, he's going to be tested. 
Um, and again, here we are talking about it. And it's <laughs> gonna be, He's already been tested. It's over. Yeah, by <laughs> now, have. when you see it, the score is, you know. But um, I just think that, I mean, I really don't even have an assessment of his game yet because he hasn't been challenged. Right. I would be shocked, and I will say this on record, I'll be shocked if he makes the final. But I agree. You know, I agree. We'll see. I, I think if he plays somebody that is not afraid of him, and they shouldn't be because he's not the giant he was just because he's been out, not right. because of any other, um, you know, now two months from now. Yeah. All right. Maybe he's getting back to form and then, and whatever. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, what did you think about them making a lot of his service motion change? I didn't, I mean, they got into his chain, but it seemed like to me that he was reverting back to his old, you know, the times he needed it. Right. And, I mean, if it's bad for his elbow, well, that's not hell, a good sign. The only the, the biggest thing that'll make you kind of stick with the new thing you're doing is if it hurts to do the old thing. Right. So it's like, oh no, don't do that. You <laughs> know, hey doc, I got a pain when I do this. Well, don't do that. <laughs> well, um, I just worried if it's you know Deuce at five all, if he's going to go to the old one and just not be able to. I mean, eventually he's going to get in a routine. I have to worry about it. I'm sure, but right. No, it's going to be a struggle. I don't care what level you're at. As a matter of fact, more so for them because they've built in these things after hitting so many balls over and over the same way um, that making those changes is a little more difficult for sure. Well, and his uh, serve was never his biggest attribute anyway. Anything changing from your predictions in terms of, um, you know, the last a week ago, now we've seen a week? I mean, Keys looks good. Yeah, I mean, she has been the most consistent American when she hasn't been injured. Now, what I want you to do is pick Hala and know she's going to lose to Osaka <laughs> immediately after you pick her. See, that's the problem is I, before she hurt her ankle, I, I had her as the favorite. It's hard to say after that really long match and her ankle issues that she can win, but right. But I'm just going to stick with her just oh because my God. I had her from the beginning. How many times did you throw up when they were talking about the girl breaking her toenail? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I was going to throw up. Well, and then you had the woman from the uh, Tennis Australia that was like kept coming over to look, and I'm like, why are you looking at that? Like, I don't want to see. I don't want to be anywhere near that. Well, there was a doubles match somebody pulled out, uh, a women's doubles match, man. I think she pulled a uh, calf muscle or something. But luckily, they weren't. They talked about it a little bit, but that toenail thing, I was about to vomit. Well, it was like when Bethany Maddox-Sands, you know, oh, whatever Jesus. she did. Oh, my Wimbledon. God. Oh, my God. I don't want to talk about it. And yeah, never to live it when they were showing something. They, she goes, I don't need to see that. Oh, when Halep rolled her ankle, she goes, I don't need to see that again. I've rolled my ankle enough times. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so yeah, like I said, I think I've been I've been pre- pleasantly surprised. I mean, Wozniacki's been been playing some ball. She got in a little bit of trouble, but fought her way out early, um, and now she's just kind of I wouldn't say cruising is not you know I don't disrespect her opponents or anything, but I mean she's been routining at least to say the least. Well, um, yeah, after that one scare she had in the second round, she's yeah, really she was, good. Yeah, she fat. She was down. Well, and the the one thing I will say, I think we said this last year on. At, one of the tournaments is is that if Federer and all end up in the final, I feel like it's a wasted tournament again. It's like nothing that happened matters, right? It's all the, same the people, two finals, all the people, finalists right, taking time off, and yeah, um, all the different people. Although Murray obviously still didn't make it back, but I'm with you. It's I'm just like you. I need somebody. Like I was really looking forward to you know Kyrgios Federer or whichever half he's in, but I just I need somebody to step up, and I need to see a young versus old final. And or a young versus young. I don't right. care if the old yeah. guys get both of them get bounced That'd be for fine sure. Too. Um, if if um, and that, you know that's what you know. Like I said, we're cheering for players in the women's, and we're cheering against guys. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I feel terrible, but you're right. I, I, it's 
I'm sick of it. It's boring. Yeah, and I don't dislike either of them. It's just like they've won enough. And if they play each other, then one of them's going to win again for sure. At least if I got somebody in there in the final, I got somebody to root root for or to right. see the next generation. Well, it's some not next gen. You just mean the next <laughs> not net, old guy. net gen. Well, it seems to me that uh, a couple of players have sort of demonstrated potentially, you know, again like Dimitrov. But can he sustain it? Can right. he do that again? Now, one thing that may have benefited him against Kyrgios, a- able to keep his nerve, is he was playing well. He reflected back on his previous rounds that he played like crap, right. but still was able to get through. Yeah. Because if you play like shit, and then in your head you start, start thinking, well, I'm going to lose. I can't win playing like shit. I mean, now you're playing the, you know, what if game. You're, right. get, you're getting into the future, getting into the past, and you got to stay in the present. And so hopefully he realized, oh, wait a second. I can do some of these things and still maybe have a chance to win no matter what. Cool. And then it's a bonus when I'm playing well. Well, yeah, I think it's easy, like you said, when you're playing that badly to think, God, if I play that badly against him, I'm never going to win. So it's easy to get in that negative mindset. Whereas it should be motivating when you beat somebody playing badly. Imagine if I played well, I would have killed them. Right, right. Well, it just gives you the confidence that, hey, every time I step on the court, I've got a chance to win. Right. If I maintain my, my uh, composure, keep my emotions in check. So That was his coaching moniker. Well, we're going to talk about something a little more controversial than two things maybe than uh, – than just you know wins and losses uh, when we come back. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back. You ready to get into some controversy? That's what this podcast is all about, right? Well, I initially was going to talk about some other controversy until this other controversy showed up, which <laughs> I was unaware of. We don't um, get many of those. It's no. nice to have some to choose from. Yeah, why not? Cause trouble. Um, so as you know, America sucks at tennis. <laughs> yeah, apparently. All right. Uh, not your fault. You're a coach, but you're not contributing to this problem. I've never lost a professional match. So, um, we have one American on the men's side left. Yes. In singles. And oddly enough, his name is Tennis, which <laughs> pisses me off every time I hear it. It's just it, it's, dumb. I hate it. Well, and he had to spell it. Like, well, the, couldn't spell it normally. Well, he didn't. I know. I'm pretty sure he didn't. His parents are animals. But, you know, I've been here because of that. I will say I have heard about him for 10 years. Right. And, you know, you just thought he's never going to be successful with that name. You just can't. <laughs> right. He's going to piss you off. Um, but then he has been. So he's had some success. He has. Uh, now, to be fair. You know, playing Awarinka, who was banged up, and, you know, so he wasn't at his best as he was coming through. And he's got a tough one. Again, this is going to be over by the time, you know, you hear this, but he's playing Dominic Team, and I think right. Team's going to beat the living hell out of him. <laughs> um, he's, I think he's going to change his name to soccer. <laughs> and then he's going to come to the Dallas Challenger. There it is. To see him in person. So, uh, anywho, so apparently I'm uh, on the Twitter uh, world out there um, as I'm just perusing and looking at different things and keeping up with results, et cetera. Because as, as you know this, but our fans <laughs> might not, we're not in Australia now. <laughs> we're not doing a live uh, show from Australia. We decided to pass this year. Yeah, they were asking us, but 
it's too hot right <laughs> it's too hot i really have snow and ice and thunderstorms and <laughs> anyway so uh so apparently there's a bunch of twitter nonsense being thrown out there that he's racist okay I don't know. Have you heard that? I actually haven't. No. Wow. Well, you did well because it wasn't your normal acting. Like really, but your eyebrows actually went up for real when I'm looking at your dumb face. Um, I thought you were going to say because I haven't reached that point in my tapes yet to right. Care about exactly. That. No. No. <laughs> my VHS recordings. Now, now, as far as I know, he's never said anything um, on court. You know, a la Leighton Hewitt, right? Who's also back in the mix here playing yeah. doves with Sam Groth. That's fun. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. a little surprising. Yeah, he's the Martina Hingis of the Australian this year. You know what I mean? Coming <laughs> yeah, back and playing. He doesn't have the double skills is the problem. He's good, man. Is he? Yeah. I mean, because what does he do? He's low to the ground. That's true. And he can grind, you know, returns back, keep him yeah, cross court. court. I'm sure he can do and that And he is day. serving a volley. And he mm. is, re- I mean, he's from Australia. It's it's in there. It's genetic that they right. can volley no matter what. Well, and Groth's got a huge serve, so that's going to set him so, up the net. In any lot. event, that's neither here nor <laughs> digress is that the right word i digress yes uh so now to be fair i don't think what leighton did was racist now i don't know him to be or not to be a racist i don't know him. i don't know any of these people right. i don't know any of them personally um but if you remember this was back early 2000s yeah probably maybe mid but yeah and if something like that happened now He'd probably be off the tour. Yeah, hashtag, this is how crazy you right. know, the world we live well, in. Well, what he did was is he basically he's not racist. He claimed that the lines person was racist because he he made a call or overruled or whatever it was for the opponent who happened to be of the same race. And it was before the challenge system, right? Yeah, yeah, or, or after it or whatever. Yeah. Who knows? Like because it's coming, <laughs> gone. Um, so he wasn't racist. He was basically saying, hey, the chair umpire, you're being racist because you gave a call to a guy that's the right. same color. Uh, and it was James Blake he was playing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, who has dealt with some stuff. Right. Like tackled in New York a couple yeah. of years ago. I'm not laughing because it's funny, but I'm laughing <laughs> because somebody that like I would run up to and get an autograph from, and oh, this yeah. guy, just like some jackass, just tackles him. Um, it's crazy. But anyway, so... You know, so but right nowadays, you know, so I don't know what to believe. The good, I mean, have you heard anything of this? No, like, I haven't actually. Nothing. No. Nope. So I'll learn it for the first time, like the audience. Well, maybe unless they follow <laughs> Twitter up in here. Um. So I don't know what to believe whatsoever. But here's the good news: for the most part, I don't give a shit. Right. First of all, he's never going to get this far ever again, <laughs> ever, um, probably. Right. Second of all, I mean, he's making some change now, so yeah. that's, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's just, just play tennis. Like, literally, I don't care. Right. I mean, I don't, there are 128 men and 128 women, and then however many doubles teams and doubles teams, you know, because some of them overlap, mixed doubles wheelchair tennis, you know, juniors, boys and girls, doubles. I don't know anyone personally in any of that. I don't think. I don't think. (laughs) I I mean, I may. It's possible. We are in the tennis world. Yeah. And so I don't know any real evidence or any real thing about anyone in this draw outside of what I see within the time span that they're on ESPN2 or Tennis Channel or or BN. Um. (laughs) So, how can I pass judgment? I can't. I guess I could if I wanted to be pissy about it, but I, I don't care. Now, yeah. are you a racist? 
No. Oh, well, good. <laughs> I'm not either. Um, but what if you heard he he did make a racist comment, which still is a five to ten second, you know, clip or right. whatever of what if it happened on court? Yeah. What if he said something to an opponent? Well, he wouldn't say something to Songo. Songo would beat the shit out of him. <laughs> Songo's huge, man. Yeah. Um, what if he said something? It, it wouldn't affect my opinion of his game. You know, it would affect my opinion of him as a person. How much so? Because, again, if he said something in the heat of battle, because, listen, no one, no one is mad still at Serena for threatening to jam a ball down an Asian woman's throat. Right. Well, I can't stand her, but. That's the, one of many reasons. That Asian woman? That is terrible. <laughs> you are racist. <laughs> but uh, Oh, you mean Serena. Yeah, but I I have a different view of... I usually try to judge athletes more based on their character more so than their... Well, a combination of both, obviously. Because they have to be good enough for you to actually see them on TV and such. True. But it would affect my opinion of him, yes, if that happened. So, to me, if it's in the heat of battle and he says something that is on the edge yeah you have again like you said it's crazy out there it's crazy out there and if and if he says something because he's trying to piss somebody off or because he's an asshole i mean what's worse for him to say that or for him or for curios to say to warinka hey my buddy's banging your wife right i mean who's what's going to get somebody murdered quicker right i mean you know well, I think you always have to look for a pattern of behavior. Like you said, if, it happened, if that happened one time and, you know, it's verified by the opponent and he comes out and apologizes after, that's different. Or if it happens every match. See, that's you know, what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, if if we went to TennisSandgren.com, I don't know if there is one. <laughs> uh, if we went to that website and he had several links to, you know, the Klan or right. whatever other stuff. Yeah white supremacist no not donald trump not <laughs> let's get a hold of ourselves doesn't if he had legitimately then that's different right so that i guess that's what i'm getting at i have no because no one i haven't no i've only seen people being pissed that he won each time he wins a match they're all pissed because of whatever well um, and i and I'm, not the example right i've never i now Again, if you send me something, not me, please, you know, whatever, but if it's on Twitter or if right. I find it or whatever, that's different. Yeah. Now, we're, if we do see a pattern, he's actually, you know, a disgusting human being, well, then, okay. Well, and I'm sure you agree with me on this, but I tell people this all the time. You know, they'll play somebody and get in an argument and, you know, they'll be holding a grudge and I'll say, look, I've learned after being in tennis for so long to not judge people based on their on court persona. Right. You know, so I think if he's, like you said, if he's doing that on the court, and then he goes, you know, donates money to charity and volunteers. You know, that's to me, that's two different people. And that's just right. how I look at it. Right. I'm sure every athlete has said something they shouldn't have said at some point in the heat of the moment. Well, and again, I'm speculating because I don't know why they're saying that. Now, if it's only because maybe he supports Trump or whatever, right. well, then I just don't care. Yeah. Save it. Save it. There's a, there's thousands and thousands of political office holders all over this world and I mean, outside of dictators and right. murderers, you know, whatever. <laughs> Um, and that different people support from different sides and I don't flip my shit and say, yeah. you support so-and-so you're a maniac or you right. support the other one. I don't care. That's, that's a world of freeness and yeah. you know, you can do. 
So, but if I come across something where he is legitimately like, you know, you know, white tennis players are superior. Then I say, well, first of all, you're an idiot because you get your ass kicked most of your career. But that's a little levity here. You know, but if it it was something legit where he's espousing, hey, you know, white males are, you know, superior and all that, well, then obviously that's a whole nother ballgame. But if he said something jackassery during a match, or, and again, I I literally have no idea, which is why I'm speculating and thinking different ways that, because nobody else out there knows him either. Yeah. Uh, unless you're trolling his Twitter and maybe he retweeted something that ended up being something, you know, 50 times removed. Who knows? Who right. knows? But um, but it, the unfortunate part is, is it potentially unfortunate part, if if it's not true, is that it taints this run he's on because this is the biggest thing to happen to him is in, in his career. And Well, and the other thing I'm sure that's happening, too, is I guarantee there's people saying he should be kicked out of the tournament or something because that's what it always goes to. It's like, oh, sure. let's kick him out of the tournament or let's take away right. his prize money. You know, right. we have to be able to separate someone's earnings or, you know, what they've done outside of their beliefs. Right. And listen, I uh, I think the other side of that is it's only, you know, it's only um, hysterics that, you know, that's why I've been talking about it because a lot have, has, you know, I've seen it a lot. And yeah. it's like, who did he murder? The I don't know. I probably haven't seen it is because I fast forward all his matches when they show him. So <laughs> that's probably <laughs> that's why I haven't heard point. anything about it. I haven't heard anything during commentating. Okay. Everybody, they so, avoid every controversial topic. On well, not tennis only commentary. Yeah, seems like Tennis Magazine. Oh, sorry. What Future else? episode. Preview. Yeah, that's a, during the off season. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, well, of course, but they may not see. I'm just reacting to Twitter, so maybe I'm the idiot. But well, you that's know. where most of this stuff starts. I mean. And I think, like you said, some of it is legitimate and some of it isn't. So it's hard to right. make a judgment yet. Right. So, I, you know, and again, I, I couldn't care less about this controversy in and of itself outside of the real world. I, I mean, I could. Let me rephrase that. This isn't the time or the place for that. And I don't want to get into that on this podcast. The only reason I even bring it up is because we have the last American standing and he's on a Cinderella run. Right. And is being tainted. Now, he may not even be aware of all this, although I'm sure people are tweeting at him, but he's on TV a lot of times, so yeah. he might not even care because he's getting good. He's getting bad. He's getting right. in the middle, and so he's like, whatever. But I just thought I'd bring that up, so now maybe he'll stick around and watch a little bit of his match just to <laughs> see if he says something right. racist. Well, and it it is a shame because you, the last American in the tournament always gets a lot of attention especially from our media coverage. Sure. I mean, they're going to show all of his match, I'm sure, just because he's American, whereas if it was some other, you know, unranked guy that's never won anything, they wouldn't really right. focus well, on it that much. Well, the upside for his detractors, and they may be legitimate, like I said, I don't know. He could be a raving lunatic, racist, maniac, you know, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. But the upside for all his detractors is, number one, it'll be on in the middle of the night here in America. <laughs> and... It'll be his last match, right. so I don't know if he's in doubles or not. But um, so, anywho, so that was sort of a, a little bit of controversy that got added into the, at the last minute as I'm on Twitter the, uh, last night and yesterday. So, um, anywho, so that's neither here nor there. So research that on your own out there because I am not passing judgment one way or another, <laughs> which is going to lend itself to people passing judgment yes. on me. <laughs> Corey is uh, does not uh, endorse any views <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> All right, so the real controversy, yes, or not controversy, I don't know how you see it, is the union. Yes. I say the union, sir, 
Novak Djokovic. 1865. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Novak Djokovic. Uh, not you know not to uh, to take away from his comeback and and you know whatever and your predictions that he sucks now and won't make it. Worse. <laughs> that was really cool the way he did that. By the way, what's that? Where he just basically said, "All right, everybody, leave the room." Oh except yeah, for the people I want to talk to. <laughs> right. Um. So he basically. Well, again, it's speculated because people weren't in the room. So, right. you know, who knows? I'm not there. I can't confirm. I'm not a journalist, as you can tell from listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, basically, they're just talking about the players unionizing. So as, as, it, as it is now, the Association of Tennis Professionals, or the ATP Tour, um, is sort of a hybrid. Um, it's supposed to, you know, be an association of the professional tennis players right but they also run and own tournaments and and that is necessarily a conflict of interest so they're talking about it's not the first time it's been talked about yeah uh all throughout the years but they're talking about it again now and you have a top player potentially a top player who knows where (laughs) where he's gonna get back to but a top player bringing it up um now i don't know where other top players lie and federer is probably going to pretty much stay you know, away yeah, from there it. Many other players that seemed to be really that gung ho about it, which was, I'm sure, was disappointing for Djokovic. Hall of Famer Andy Roddick's all for it. <laughs> now, Judy Murray is all for it if it's an umbrella organization that is over men and women. Okay. Which is not what Djokovic is getting. Probably not. <laughs> with his uh, now other here, part of his uh, now proposal. Listen, now, listen. So, all right, here's where we get dicey. Here's where the hate mail comes in. I hope. Hey, any publicity is good publicity. Um, He, I don't, again, it's all speculation, but he is talking about basically prize money in regards to protecting the rights of the players. Right. Because apparently they get a pretty small percentage of the Grand Slam prize money. Weren't you shocked by that? No, not really. And I don't know if that's a percentage of the gross or percentage. I mean, because you think about it, like the U.S. Open makes... $250 $250 million right. ish every year. Gross. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe that's net. I don't know. But it also used to make nothing right. and it's built and built and built. But that's, but listen, I have the show is the players, not the venue, right. not Author Ash, which we've talked about as an awful stadium, not any of the venues, any of the cities, any of the fans. No offense to fans. I'm a fan. The show is the players. All of this would not be possible right. if it was me and you out there in the U.S. Open Finals. When if you pull 100 people while they're going, I would assume 95 or more are going to say for a certain player or group of players. Right. And the other 5% is, well, I live in New York. It's just right. we go every year for no reason. I don't yeah. even go in a stadium. I just kind of hang out. <laughs> yeah. So so there is some you know standing in this case in terms of, of um, you know getting them to uh, – organize and have a little more bargaining power in regards to that. Now, what happens is, is now you're going to have, if it all came to fruition the way he wants, you're going to have, you know, the players union basically bargaining with the four grand slams. And now what are you going to have the four grand slams? They're going to, you know, essentially bargain together probably. I don't know. And then are they going to go on strike? Because guess what? If 110 players or so go on strike, 
Guess who's the happiest guy in the world? <laughs> That's exactly what I thought about. 111. Right. Uh, I'm crossing the picket line if I am scratching and surviving for a career, and all of a sudden I get a chance to get into the main Number draw. Number one seed. I win <laughs> I win two rounds, and I've just tripled my career prize right, money. Right, right. Um, I mean, it's going to happen, and so it's a little tricky. But, again, that, that would certainly make the – the Grand Slam suffer if the, right. the number 111 player is the one seed. Yes, of course. Should have picked 112. That's a lot of ones. <laughs> um, so, anywho, so what are, what are your thoughts on, I, again, ba- you know, considering the fact that we haven't fully seen or heard or con- corroborated the story a lot, but, you know, in terms of just generally, what do you think? Well, I think, you know, of course I'm in favor of just the union aspect of it because I think the players are underrepresented, and I think it – you know, lend itself to what we've talked about for so long is a, a better schedule for the players, which I think is what they need more than anything else. But yeah, when I heard they make 7% of the revenue, that was what the number I heard. I hadn't, it's hard to find all those numbers, but I think NBA, NFL, they're much like closer to 30, 40, 50%. Um, so right. 7% sounds tiny when you consider that. But like you said, how much money are they putting back in the facilities and right. I mean, building these roofs and things, well, those are, that's not cheap. How many... Now, this may not be the case for everywhere in the world. Well, first of all, the schedule, I don't know how much that plays a part in it. I don't know how much would change. And to be honest with you, you know, we've talked about it. I mean, I why shouldn't the players be in charge of what the year looks like? Right. And what's going to happen? Tournaments are going to go away. But yeah. guess what? It already happens. Stuttgart? Right. You know? I yeah. mean, there's tournaments that have been here and are now gone. Definitely. You know, I mean, the RCA. Well, and now they're now they're penalizing players for not playing. You know, presumably they wouldn't be able to do that, and basically players truly would have a choice of what tournaments they play. No, or not. I, I think they should penalize them. They should set if they set a schedule, and it have built-in days. Unless you have a legitimate injury excuse, yeah. you are fine, or penalize some other kind of way. You know, but I mean? not in an eleven-month season. Then it's I mean a little tougher. Right, if it's jam packed, then yeah. obviously you need break. But if they, if it was to get to the point where we've talked about the perfect schedule yeah. that we want to set up because we're geniuses, <laughs> then, then they should be able to play all of them. Right, then it, especially if the players themselves set it up. Right, um, you know, then then it should whatever. But yeah, so um, well, and the other part of his proposal supposedly was, you know, more of a meritocracy in terms of prize money for men and women, and you know, the only problem I have with that. Because, I mean, it's it's a fair system, but it's just how do you quantify how much money each draw is bringing in? Well, on the backside, you can. But that doesn't give you an exact, you know, and you can estimate 10-year trends and whatever. Right. But, I mean, you've got TV aspect, you've got the sure. tickets, you've got, right. you know, merchandise. I mean, I just, it's I think that's such a hard thing to quantify. Right. It wouldn't be worth, you know... And one year Serena doesn't play, it's different that year than one year Federer doesn't play. You know, it's just, right. I think it's too hard to right. get it. You have to have a built-in cushion right. for that kind of thing. But I definitely think their percentage is well below that cushion. Yeah. Now, and again, here's another thing. Ultimately, if it were a, a situation, see, here's a, well, let me finish. I, I can't finish the sentence. So, <laughs> I mean, ultimately, if it's for the same four players on the men's side, to get five million or seven million for winning instead of three or four, you know, and who cares? Where it really should matter is not just grand slams, but also, and again, this is a different body. You know, it. it, it that's why it's so complex. It's not only different bodies controlling tournaments; it's different countries 
yeah. different federations, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, but I mean, to me, if you are top 100 in the world, you should be driving a fancy car and living on a beach somewhere. Right. You shouldn't have to do anything else. You shouldn't have to quit your career because you can't quite get over that hump if you're like 150. Right. And it's not easy out there if you're 150. And that's, you know, if you're, I mean, think about this. So three teams, three football teams, 53-man roster, so that's over 150. Right. The lowest paid person on the top three teams. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's like, like who's the 150th best player right. in the league? And they're making gobs of money. Now, I know it's different. I understand that. And the money's spread out way all over the world, a lot, a lot longer, right. you know, the entire year, basically, a lot of different tournaments. But, you know, all the TV revenue for the NFL obviously is pulled into the NFL, whereas in the world, you know, tournaments <laughs> right. and all that are d- doing different stuff. But if this somehow translated down to where the top 200 could, you know, have an easier go of it once right. they hit that threshold, then I don't care what they do. I, I don't care what they do. Now, they're talking about equal, unequal prize money, you know, that I don't care if prize money's equal or not. I don't. Right. Now, the reason I don't is because it's two separate leagues, two right. separate entities right. that are, you know, running their own business on either side. And then ultimately for five or six tournaments a year, happened to pass in the night yeah four grand slams hey we're all here you know miami hey we're all you know what i mean it's like why not side of mixed doubles they're never on the court together in that too yeah the draws are separate the prize money structure has nothing to do with both right um so i don't care about equal prize money as a matter of fact uh, let me ask, do you care about equal prize money <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, what's the emails coming to i you? think the concept of equal prize money is great so I think it's you're a chump. <laughs> I think it's um I don't think it's ever going away, by the way. I don't I don't care what happens with this. I, I do. Care. You do? I do. Do you know why? Why? Because the women just moved their year in uh final to China. I did hear about that. And they jacked up the prize money. It's six million dollars more than the men's year end. Damn it. <laughs> I demand equal prize money. And then they wasn't it a hundred million dollar contract? Or I don't know. Crazy. Ten years. Crazy. Yeah. But here's the thing. They went in, they have a product, they have a product that the people in China really want. Women's tennis is bet, probably, you know, that more players are probably higher all throughout the top 200. Right. I haven't done the count, but I'm spitballing. You know, they're probably more Chinese women in the top 100, 200 oh, than definitely. men coming up the ranks and all that. So there might be way more interest on the women's side, which would make sense. Well, so all your country women are playing. So, and there's as much connection with the men's and women's year end as there are with the Grand Slams. They're still, I mean, they're still two separate events, right? Except the Grand Slams are in the same location. That's the only difference, right? They don't even, yeah. So, they just blew past the men's total. And guess what? If the men don't, I don't know if the men are middle of contract or what, but for the next however long that's the case, I don't care. Right? It's fantastic. The women were able to go in with a better product. For the area that signed the deal, they found somebody, negotiated a deal that worked best for them, and they have more money on that for that event than the men do, and I right. don't care. There is no wage gap. I don't care. Well, and even what we talked about earlier this year, WTA, I mean, yeah, WTA is on BN. 
And we don't know what contract they got. All by themselves. All by ATP themselves. is on. Why didn't Why didn't BN pay, pay the men equal to the women? Yeah. I don't care. It doesn't matter. They're two separate entities. They play the same sport, but they're not. You know, it's not like the WNBA and the NBA. I think right. the WNBA is under the NBA, like umbrella, yeah. like of ownership. And as a matter of fact. And they're not getting equal. Uh well, they're certainly not getting... Well, that's a good point. I mean, I think the NBA really subsidizes that league quite a bit, or they used to. Well, should women's basketball get equal prize money to men's basketball? If you think that is the case, you're a f***ing <laughs> idiot. Can you bleep out <laughs> twice? Um, Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And, and so now, I will not argue that women's tennis is equal to WNBA as men is equal to NBA. They're much closer, right. maybe the same, and maybe certain times women surpasses men. But the prize money should be negotiated by the people that are in charge. That's the thing. It's not it's not the patriarchy that's holding the women back. It's the women's own organization. Right. And in this case, the year in championship, they're not holding them back. So what do you want us to do? You want to drag your prize money back to where it should be, $6 million lower for the year in because the men you want equal prize money? Of course not. Yeah. Well, and that's it. the big obstacle of this union is how are you going to get every turn? Every tournament's going to have to renegotiate their terms essentially because they've all got terms set up. You know, so how are you going to do that? It would have to be five years down the road when all these contracts are over. Right. Or, I mean, it's going to be a lot of work. And Djokovic isn't truthfully probably going to care in three years when he's off the tour. So who's going to carry that torch? Maybe. Yeah. No. 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 Probably. I don't know. He might want to stay involved. Who knows? And he he could be on the tour longer than that. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right. For you, you hope, but you know the point is, is that it this shouldn't be wrapped up in the equal prize money nonsense. Well, I mean, yeah, I think he made a big mistake by including that. Right, like, get the union first, and then you can deal with that. You know, after the, after the fact, right? Because right. I think he's going to alienate. Because now players are afraid to come out and support him because it sounds like they're supporting that, and they don't want to have the bad publicity. Well, me, yeah. Well, let me tell you another secret. If they tried to have an umbrella of men and women. You are not doubling. You're not doubling because a lot, even if they're not at the same time, there's a lot of tournaments that are at the same place. Right. And so probably a lot of the sponsors, probably package deals, who knows. But you're still adding a bunch of gender-specific tournaments that don't have the other gender. Right. And it may even be if it's the same location. It could be different sponsors. You know, maybe right. the title's the same, but there's a lot of other smaller sponsors that are different. If you force all of them together, now the amount of variables you have to get the season right, to negotiate the prize money situation, to make sponsors happy, to make TV happy, it just increases your task, you know, not incrementally, exponentially. exponentially. So by having them separate, you give each group the complete freedom to sell their product to not not necessarily the highest bidder, but making the best deals they can for, you know, for whatever that means for each group. And And if you're president or CEO of your body, you know, sucks at their job, then fire them. Right. Fire them. Do something different. If you don't think your tournaments are paying your the women enough, then fire the guy that's signing deals with BN. Right. Well, I think the more realistic outcome is the men get their union however long it takes, and then the women, you know, see the blueprint, maybe make some modifications and then have their own. I don't really, like you, I don't never necessarily see it ever combining. Right. I think the tours are just too different. There's too many different things going on. Well, what are they going to do? Combine, you know, the CEOs? Yeah. You know? You can't, and combine every tournament? You can't make every tournament combined? Well, if if this happens, and again, it's been talked about before and hasn't happened, but if it happens, 
then you know there's going to be a lot of bloodletting to start with. There's going to be a lot of players that are coming out against it, even right. though they're really for it. Djokovic and anybody that openly supports him is going to get hammered for a while. It's going to be a tough go for sure um, in this climate, you know, these days um, where everybody's offended about everything. But I think he, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, listen, I don't, again, this is kind of like the tennis Sangren thing. I don't know Djokovic at all. Never met him. I just have a hard time believing that anyone. It maybe maybe Fanini does, but anybody <laughs> besides Fanini, that jackass, just really wants women to make less because they're women. Right. Now, there are some players out there, I guess, that say, well, we play five sets, they play three, we should get paid more. That's a somewhat reasonable argument. I've heard some counter to that, well, they've never asked the women to play five, right. and please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I mean, the men look we like shit. The men look like shit in the fifth round, and right. they're bigger and stronger. It's just going to be a shit show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think in this it's it, it'll be interesting times in this political climate if they try to do this. And and Djokovic is worded it badly. He might be a chauvinist. Right. Maybe he might think men deserve more than women. I don't know. But well, and it's easy to say that now too. When like I said, Serena's out, and you're in the golden age of you know the big four. Five years from now, who knows? You know what? If the men's if men's is going to be as big as women's, right. And I and I just think it's got to be up to each individual body, you know, the men's group and the women's group to negotiate their own deals. And if they keep putting good products out there, then the money's going to keep going up and they'll compete with each other to some degree with some of these deals. But to be honest with you, you know, uh, like right now, ESPN covers both. Yeah. You know, and when, you know, I don't know what the you know money is from ESPN, but, you know, so I don't know. I just think... I think they're overblowing it, and no, it's not. We're not going back pre-suffrage movement uh, in America. And again, this is a worldwide issue. Now, that's another thing. There's a lot of countries that are horrendous for women's rights, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think if women are playing at a professional level, those countries aren't as bad as some other countries that are killing women for you know looking at a guy, another man, or something like that. So I don't, you know, so th- those countries notwithstanding, I'm talking about in the free world where women's rights are protected. Um, well, and the players you're asking to step out and support the proposal are the ones that are doing, you know, benefiting the most. So they don't, like Federer doesn't really need a union, I don't think. He's, I think he's doing okay. <laughs> right. So, you know. No, it's going to take, for sure, for sure, it's going to take somebody, you know, to really sell it to, listen, the health of our sport the, at the professional level, the health of our sport at the professional level really requires the top 150, top 200 players being taken care of. Yeah. So raising the level of all those tournaments out there that are on the ATP level. And so if you're a challenger, I mean, that's a whole separate shebang. When even getting into like the NFL, which post, you know, player retire, players retiring, getting, you know, pensions and medical expense, you know, right. All that stuff too. I mean, I doubt any, their retired players get anything now. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there, yeah, there, there's, there's room to negotiate all of that stuff that can be the cost can be borne out by the ATP if it was separate from the players. I mean, the problem is you have to consolidate all the tournaments. That's yeah. the problem. You have to consolidate. I mean, FIFA does it. I mean, I mean, they don't run every group, but they're the overarching body that's over every contest. If, yeah, I think if the ATP would have to become a liaison for every tournament, and then they'd have to negotiate with the right. you know, union essentially. Right. 
Right. So the difference is tournaments are financially responsible for themselves. That's kind of the difference yeah. as, as opposed to the league model. Like, you know, the English Premier League or the NFL is there generating their own revenue. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, did we solve it? Oh, yeah. I think everybody's set now. Fantastic. Djokovic, call us if you need some advice. We'll, <laughs> you know, get in touch with us. So anything else? What are you looking forward to in the week two that's going to be halfway over by the time this comes out? <laughs> well, like I said, hopefully somebody will step up and challenge, you know, Federer and all. I'm curious to see how Djokovic finishes out the tournament. And the women, you know, it's a complete fiasco, so who knows? A fiasco? I don't know. I well, mean, we a talked about of the bigger ones have done okay. How about this? To bring it back to tennis, but also to keep interjecting this, you know, political <laughs> shit. In regards to that, which which tournament right now should make more money? based on its value. And I don't mean, oh, the best players are winning. Right. I mean the value to you as a fan, which one are you? Now, again, a lot like Fanini, you hate women. <laughs> no, of course. Of course you That's don't. where he learned his views from. Yeah, Fanini. No, so looking at the Australian Open first week, and you've got to plunk down, let's just say – in order to record, watch all the I can 19, only watch one thousand matches, you were, you only watch men or women. After this first week, which one would you have been happier paying thirty nine ninety five to watch for the first week? I see that's a good question. That's I was great. I question. was gonna say the men for sure for the simple reason of the star power, but when you talk about after the fact the entertainment value, I mean I I would ah, it's tough. I would maybe have to say the women's matches have been more entertaining. Yeah, I I I would. I would be happier that I paid thirty. If you again, it's split, and you can only watch. Right. They, somehow they, you know, pay, set up PayPal. <laughs> you can only watch. Although I look creepier on PayPal saying women's tennis. <laughs> yeah, pay for that. But that notwithstanding, creep factor notwithstanding, yeah, I think I would have been happier paying for the women's matches overall. Um, and you're right, the star power, but it's old crotchety star power. It's well, like, eh, you know, I mean, we didn't know Dimitrov was going right. to play, you know, all that. But Well, the problem is I think the second half of the women's is somewhat set up for failure because so many of the players are gone now. Right. It, you know, there are matchups that I see that I'm like, like yesterday they had Suarez, Navarro, and Contevate was on for three hours. And oh, I'm my like, God. I'm like, is there not another match on, please? I t- Here's what I did. I, I was watching that match for the first half set. <laughs> that was I, longer than I, I made it. Yeah, I turned it back. Uh, turned it off that channel and uh, easily an hour later i was like all right what's the next match on click back over third said come on they never changed to a different court and there had to be something else on. well here's what happened. i did that on direct tv i went to the you know there to you the, go and watched other courts i watched a little bit That's put it this way i'm not watching live put it this way what's worse what's worse contivit <laughs> suarez navarro or Macro Macro versus Santoro <laughs> Monsor Barani. Oh, see, I would have loved that. Oh, that was a shit show. Yeah, I it was so that. stupid. None of them cared. They were playing four game sets. Well, Barami is good in like a minute highlight package. I exactly. can't imagine watching an entire There's match no- with him. Nothing better for camp kids on a rainy day to put in a little bit of Monsor right. Barami highlight and watch him horse around and do this eight ball trick where he holds eight <laughs> balls in his hand for the whole game and just you know keeps moves his, a chair and you know, yeah that. so but i've always thought what does he do for the whole match i watch these clips and i'm like what did happen the other hour of the match well it's funny because you watch him he like he was like all right the big one's coming and he's <laughs> horsing around and he do like where he misses it and then underhand right. drops uh-huh. out but a couple of times he brought heat and he popped some serves. I was like, all right. See, that, now you're making me want to watch him. I'm going to okay. look up when he's on again. Right, but you got to watch him for real, but he doesn't play for real because he's yeah. 117. So. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah. So uh, yeah, there are some stinkers on on both sides. But uh, 
But I just feel like the women has been a better value for this first week. So hopefully they can keep it going and uh, and give us a good week next week. So anything else? I think that's it. Fantastic. Well, listen, everybody out there, I know we've been off. We just This is our second show back. If you still have friends from last year, <laughs> one of your New Year's resolutions was get rid of your friends, then, uh, uh, you know, that's not good. But if you still have any friends, tell them about the podcast. Subscribe. Listen, damn it. Subscribe so you don't have to worry about it. Um, when even though it's five degrees outside, you can still watch and listen to tennis. Not in Texas, baby. It's getting warmer. That's right. Yes. Winter's sorry. over here. Don't mean to rub it in, everybody. But, yeah, it was <laughs> 70 yesterday and, yeah. and uh, raining today, but still warm. Right, uh, but yeah. So go check out, go to iTunes or whatever the the podcast app is. Tennis Revolution. We're on. Do you remember anything we're on? SoundCloud. Uh oh, no. Um, <laughs> Android. <laughs> you only know SoundCloud exists. You don't know that we're on it. All right, here we're gonna. We're, this is the last for the for the year. This is it right here. We're gonna give them to you. Uh oh, he's got to do it by memory. All right, so. <laughs> The iCat the the Apple Podcast app, whatever yes. that's called. So that's one. Google Play. I don't even know what that means. There you go. Overcast, which is it's outside. It's overcast <laughs> today and raining, but it's also I a, think a, you made that up. It's also a podcast app. Do they have undercast? I don't know. <laughs> Stitcher. There you go. I remember that Stitcher. Snitchers get Stitchers. <laughs> tune in. Now I do listen to Tune In. For different things. I listened to my Steelers, uh, the uh, local Pittsburgh radio morning show. Um, huh, nice. Castro. I don't think that's Fidel. He's dead. <laughs> Translated to Cuban. Yeah, I don't know what that is. It's just something. Who knows? I don't know what it is, but it's something. Um, so all those things, if you don't have an iPhone, you can't go to the Apple Podcast app, go to all those. Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, and whatever the hell. I don't even know how Castro got on there. <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, so hacked. yeah, so those are all ways follow us on Twitter, which is the number one, the number zero. And then this is where it gets crazy. The letter S see 10 S. Oh, there you go. R E V not revolt, <laughs> but revolution stands for revolution. So one zero S R E V tennis rev on Twitter. I don't tweet out that much, but I do tweet out like the new episode when it comes out. So yeah. Um, so don't just be lazy and wait for me to tweet. Subscribe, damn it. And then Facebook, Tennis Revolution fan page. Go like it. I send out the episode thing on that too. And if you're outside, I, I fly a banner around <laughs> an old World War II plane all over the country. That's what, that's what I do midweek Yeah. Um, after we've recorded. So, um, And by all means, go to our website, TennisRevolutionPodcast.com. You can... Check us, uh, check us out all those different places I was talking about, but also send us emails, all your dumb comments on about how me and Corey are sexist and racist. Just Corey. Um, <laughs> we're not. We're not. And uh, all right. Anything else? Not, not that I can think of. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Bye, Maria. <laughs>